in this episode over my belt onto the desk right in front of where she's sitting and she's like oh my gosh and she's totally <laughs> freaking out and gabriel's like oh this and he's like he pooped and everybody's like jeremiah pooped and everybody's running and i'm sitting there on the desk <laughs> Welcome, you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 38, Stupid Things We've Done, with author James Newman. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. And Chad, we have a guest today, man. We have a guest and a really fun topic. Yeah, it is a fun topic. Our guest today is Mr. James Newman, a great author. Uh, some of the books that he's written include Midnight Rain, uh, Ugliest Sin, Odd Man Out. He's got a whole a whole list of them. The Wicked. He's written some uh, books with uh, Mark Steenslin and uh, Mark Allen Gunnels and maybe some other Marks that, that we don't know about. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, But yeah, James is a, a, a wonderful author and I've known him for... You know, not not like best buds, but you know, in the circles and talking. And and James gave me a great blurb for one of my books uh, a while ago. I've known him for maybe five years or something like that. I think so. James, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on Paleo Cheese. Yeah, thanks for having me. I thought we were best buds, but uh, well, <laughs> hey, yeah, no, um, yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah. I have a I have a funny theory, James. And I hope you find the humor in it. Um, you know, you you have apologized a couple times to me, uh, and and appreciate it. You you know, I gave you the blur for your new book, Ride or Die, which we we're going to mention tonight too. Um, out by Silver Shamrock, just came out like what, a week ago. And when you turned in your blurbs to the publisher, and and uh, you left mine out on accident, and now I was thinking about it, and you you know you apologize profusely but now i have a theory and it's you gave me this awesome <laughs> wonderful blurb back in the day when i first put off foster homes and flies out and i slapped that beautiful thing on the cover and then i got a blurb from jack Ketchum, and guess whose blurb went on the cover <laughs> after that i felt really bad about it but i was like jack Ketchum, and then i was thinking the other day i was like this is why james didn't use my blurb this is <laughs> this is payback he's like oh, and <laughs> And if you don't think that I would do the same <laughs> damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure anyone would, but I, I still use it. It's there in the book. And, and so, yeah, it was just, it was something that crossed my mind and I kind of chuckled and I thought, not I, at I, all, not yeah, at all. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah. You'd be a fool not to, uh, not to use a, a, a blur from Jack Ketchum, man. And, you know, it's but, funny. I apologize for it, you know, but uh, I had told you about it and you were like, well, you, you still have time. It's not out yet. You know, they mm -hmm. they can make changes right up until this date or whatever. And yeah. um, I don't remember exactly what the, the protocol was there. I'm, I'm like a real idiot when it comes to uh, ebooks and stuff. But I had gone back to the publisher and, the, the you know, Kenneth Kane, the dude that does the, mm -hmm. the layout and editing. And I had made so many changes right up until the last minute. I was like, yeah, they actually have it on Amazon. Now I can't do that to him again. I, I get it, man. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You don't want to feel like, yeah, I get it. I don't think I've ever so, been so, um, so 
second guessing things so late in the game yeah. as I, as I was on this one. Well, it's, it, it is kind of nerve wracking. Um, just at the end of that, um, process when you're, when you're done with the book and you know, you're like, you, you, you've been sitting so close to neck, you know, just like, it's, it's too close to even tell if it's good or not. You go through those stages of like, I have this great idea. It's going to best be the best thing ever. And then you write it and you're like, yeah, this is cool. And then you go through the first draft and you're like, I don't know, this is kind of probably garbage. Go through the second draft. (laughs) You're like, you know what? This is good, but something happens as soon as you send it off, it sucks again. You know, you're like, I'm I'm the only one who's seen this with the exception of maybe, you know, a spouse or or something or whatever. And uh, so, yeah. And then you just kind of got that nail biting uh, period where you're like, until reviews and stuff start coming in from, particularly from people you don't know, Mm -hmm. then you wonder, does this suck? It's, it's strange how you just cannot, you can't tell. Yeah. But it's it's funny to hear you say that about the the first draft because I'm I'm the worst about that. The very first editing phase, I'm usually like this is this is garbage. I'm never going <laughs> to write again. No, I need to like just delete this file off my computer. And then after a day or two things start to gel and you're like, you know, this is actually not that bad when you yeah. start to see it come together and you're like oh, this may be something that I could be proud of. Yes, maybe it's getting there. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did want to mention before we got any further that this is what is this episode 38 now, Jeremiah? Episode 30 a lot, dude. It feels like it, you know, it's kind of weird whenever you say how many episodes we've had. Uh-huh. I always think we've had more, really. Well, it's because some of them are yeah. split into two, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, some of them are, I mean, we've got like some episodes that are like, you know, over three hours long and we split yeah. them up into two. <laughs> we couldn't shut up, Chad. We just had to keep going. Yeah. I don't know about that. Those episodes, yeah. we know who's fault that those episodes yeah. were. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing in the royal we with it. I'm like, yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, the, uh, no. But oh. I, think th- I think this is oh. episode... No, maybe it's 37. Maybe it's 37. And anyway, episode 35, I edited. And I I just wanted to mention for anybody who uh, listened to it or watched it, particularly listened to it, um, I absolutely butchered the editing job for that. And there were some clips in there that were because we had chatted and then we watched a movie. And then we talked about yeah. the movie and we were going to put some kind of reaction, funny reaction stuff. Cause it was a really bad movie that we watched uh Velocipaster. And so we were going to put, you know, just like we did with the um, Birdemic, we're going to put, you know, the kind of like not blooper reel, but just us laughing at some parts at the end, you know, a one or two minute thing. And I left some of that stuff in the middle of the episode because I was in such a hurry because I had this deadline, really pressing oh. deadline for the tour Nightfire thing. I wanted to submit a book. Wasn't even done with the book, let alone a second draft uh, or, or third. And so I, um, I left this like dead air in there. And if you see the video, it just shows us kind of sitting there and we're watching the movie together. And every once in a while we laugh. 
But if you listen to uh, the podcast on like Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, it's just, it sounds even more Sorry. of a wreck. So yeah. I, I couldn't change that. I did change the video one, but my apologies. Um, that That is not what our, pa- if, is that, if that was your first episode, then you are <laughs> definitely not impressed. They're not listening with... right now, Chad. They're done. They're like, oh, these guys. Yeah, <laughs> we take pride. I'm going to hear your apology, dude. I'm sorry to say. We take pride in yeah. some of the editing that we've done. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. That was that was my fault, 100. percent And so, yeah. I hope you come back after your, if that was your first one. Because if it was, you're not coming back. <laughs> so, yeah. That was my fault. But anyway, yeah, I want to mention that. So. We had James come on tonight to talk about, um, he's got a book that, that, like I mentioned earlier, called Ride or Die. Uh, it's a female-centric coming of age uh, about a, um, a girl who finds out that her father is having an affair with someone. So she gathers some friends of hers. They're like, and they're, uh, they're like 15 years old, I think. Grab some friend of hers and go out during a kind of a slumber party deal and decide that um, they're going to do some, you know, kind of uh, vandalism and stuff. They know where this chick lives. That, that, that's, you know, the mistress of her of her dad. So they head over there and they're going to cause some trouble, um, you know, egging, spray painting. And it, it once they, they kind of go a little bit farther with that and then things turn really dark um, very quickly. And the rest of the book is... We were. I was talking with James last night. And he mentioned that a reviewer had said that it's like YA to a certain extent, and then it goes off the rails, and that's that's true. So we thought it would be cool to talk about stupid crap, dangerous crap that we did when we were kids. Um, and I have a, a a list that I'm kind of ashamed to admit to, but I'll talk about some of it tonight because I was a at some point, I think it was the age of 12, I just became a rotten kid for a little while there. And I did stuff that kids normally don't do until they get much older. But um, yeah, so figured we'd talk about that. And Jeremiah, I mean, yeah. do you want to start with the embarrassment? With the embarrassment? <laughs> Is there a specific one? What do you, what do you have in mind? Like, what are you, what are you thinking, man? I don't know, man. Well, I don't, you well, I don't, I don't have stuff last night, and I don't know. About well, okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I gotta say, I never went through like a a phase where I was like, like root bad, like mean. Yeah. Like I even when I was bad, all the moms loved me, right? And so like, and I was still the the cuddly teddy bear guy to all the girls at school. They're like, oh, I love you, man. You know, you just smoke weed all the time. And so, but I never had that. But I would, I had like embarrassing moments where I I did something and. And it didn't turn out quite as planned, you know. Well, I guess I guess one of the most bad boy things. I'll, I, I I can start with this. So I did have a bad boy moment. I was at my at my buddy's uh, birthday party, and in Battle Creek we have the the Lakeview Square Mall, and well, we still have it, but it's like dead now. But yeah. when I was younger, is packed, right, bumping, and they had an arcade there, which kind of dates me and the mall. But it was an arcade. And my buddy, his mom rented it out for his birthday and stuff. And so we were there for hours, man, playing at this arcade. And it was around the time that the Simpsons uh, first came out. Because, like, everything was Simpsons toys, Simpsons magnets, Simpsons cup. And you could win prizes and everything. And so I had gotten, I gathered all this stuff throughout the day, man. Tons of tickets and everything. 
Well, I get all these cups and magnets and keychains and a sweater. I had, I had it all. And we got back home and we had this, this park up the road. And so a bunch of the guys from the neighborhood were all up there. I'm probably, I don't know, 12 maybe. And my buddy, you know, he, he sits there and he goes, hey, man. He's like, uh, have you ever sooned anybody? And I'm like, what are you talking about, sooned? I'm like, you know, I'm like, mooning them? And he's like, no, sooning. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And he said, it's where it's sun and moon. He's like, you pull your pants down <laughs> and you jump up and down and twirl around in a circle. And when a car drives by and I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I've never done that. And they, they all start daring me to do this. Right. And I'm thinking, ah, you know, I got I'm young enough that that kind of matters, you know, and I'm like, I, I need to kind of stand up for myself, you know, and do this. So I, I I'm like, yeah, guys, watch this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I go up by the road and I see this car coming, man. I'm like, my heart's racing and everything. I'm all sweaty and I'm in the moment. And I sit there and I, as it's coming up, man, just drop those draws to the ground. And I'm jumping up and down, twirling in a circle, ding-a-ling-a-ling -a -ling in it. And this car goes up over a hill, right? And everybody's cracking up. I'm, I'm like the king of the world at the moment. I'm like, dude, yeah, I've got them rolling. This is great. <laughs> and that car goes over the hill and just, just stops, man, on a dime. The lights in the back, brake lights light up. And I'm like, what? Dude, whoever was driving that car, homeboy popped that bugger in reverse and was, dude, he's pulling up fast. We're like, go run. So we're all running. And there's these woods by, by, the, by the park. And we're going. Guy gets out of the car, starts running. This guy's like really fit. right? So I mean, I'm, I'm terrified at this point. I'm like a chubby kid. And I'm trying to get away from this guy. And I'm ready to get back here. Which, for the record, is the dumbest sentence anybody in pursuit can possibly say i mean nobody yeah. i don't think in the history of the world said you know that's a compelling argument i'm gonna go back so we're just running right we're out of there and and we all split up because this guy's gaining on us so we split up all in different directions i'm hiding behind these you know a bunch of a bunch of uh logs that somebody had cut for for fire in their home you know and uh i'm totally terrified i mean i'm real scared this guy's gonna bust me and he's talking to us all creepy and such and uh he's like man he's like you know he goes, uh, he goes, if I find out where you guys are, you better hope I don't find you. And he's screaming and it's echoing in the woods. I mean, it's real scary, man. It's like a horror moment for a second. And he goes, wait a second. He's like, somebody left all this Simpson stuff. He's like, I'm taking it. I'm not giving it back. You better come out here. And he's trying to use that to lure us back. And I'm thinking, that's my Simpson stuff, dude. He had, and I, because I left it all there. I was so scared. He, he left with everything. I mean, he, dude, he took everything. I think, I think it was a sweater that was, that was left or something or a cup. I think it was a cup that I had left. My sweater was gone. My keychain, all everything. And it, you know, and I was so, so bummed out, man. But, um, but that was a moment, dude. That was, that was, I felt he, real rebellious in that moment, you know? It's weird when you're young and I, I don't think it's like this with kids nowadays. They'll turn around and shoot you, some of them. But <laughs> it's weird back in the day when, uh, if an adult, it was like a, it was like running from a cop or whatever. If an adult said, you know, was, was after you or something, it was such an intense moment and it was so scary. And it just felt like if yeah. I get caught, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. and, or, or even like, um, or, or don't, please don't tell my parents kind of thing. And then you just dreaded, dreaded that moment of your parents finding out about anything. And uh, I, kids aren't really like that so much nowadays. And it's, it's just weird to me. Like, what do you think would have happened if he'd have just stopped and then walked back toward that guy? Like what, 
would he just look feel like an idiot? Especially if you said you're running after me because you saw my 12 year old penis. Of course, we don't have the smarts to to you know rebuttal anything you know witty like that or or put put somebody into check like that. But I would love to see moments like that when adults are like, "You get back here, okay," and then you run back there. What is he going to do? Seriously? I yeah, because the word you're would, right. Yeah, I, you're right because when we were kids. Just the thought of getting in trouble, those yeah. three words were terrifying. Yeah. And what did they even mean? What, yeah. you know, what you're not talking about the consequences. You're just talking about simply getting in trouble. Yeah. Like fear of the unknown of, of yeah. Yeah. What, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. But what do you, what do you think it would have done, Jeremiah? Ask where I, where I live and want to tell my parents. You know, I've been like, I think, you know, well, probably, I, I don't know. I mean, I can only imagine how embarrassing the lecture would be if it was simply about, you know, don't soon people like the dangers of sooning. Right. And at, right? What, like, what yeah. point, at what point do you think that guy would have been like, like, if you would have carried through, you would have been really compliant and you said, I live this, this is where I live. Here's my address. Here's my name. And he actually kept, you know, going through the steps of like trying to get you in trouble to the point that you, you he's at your house. Do you think at any point that guy would have been like, what the frick am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I wasting my time? Why am I doing, doing this? this? Maybe at the point? moment that he's hearing me get my butt whooped. I mean, like, you know, because I mean, really, it was like the wooden spoon that freaked me out. You know, the, the, the image and the sounds and the feel of mommy finding out that I dropped my pants to the ground and let, you know, home slice see my wiener, you know, <laughs> as I'm like spinning around in a circle. And that, that it'd be so outrageous, the entire thing. But that, And I, I don't think I would have ever thought, although it probably would have been true, that, dude, they would have gotten a good chuckle. Like, if, if my dad got home from work and my mom's like, you won't believe what your son did today. And she would tell him that he'd be, he'd probably agree I needed a whooping, but he'd probably also say, dude, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I can't, don't do that again. But it was a good laugh at night. I mean, imagining me, woohoo! Because, I mean, just... I'm bouncing up and down and twirling around woo, 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 like this. And it, it was, it was a ridiculous sight. Um, but I, you know, I, I can imagine that as my mom, you know, going in kind of like the, the issue with like Christmas story where you hear over the phone, you know, you said the swear word, you know, and you're here. No, I didn't do that kind of thing. And you're hearing that happen that that guy, I can't imagine him being like proud. He probably would have been like, really? Did I just, the, what I did resulted in this. Like, why, why did I do this to this little guy? I mean, maybe I could have taught him a lesson or something, but not this, you know, poor fella, you know, but you know, I don't know. It, but it, I think James is right. Just the fear of getting in trouble, just the concept yeah. enough, you know, that that was enough. Yeah. D Jeremiah, you did. And I've told you this before. As you, as you, when you were older, you did, uh, much older, I believe you did probably the funniest thing I've ever heard anyone doing in my entire life. And when you told me, I, I lost my mind. And every time I, and I tell the story all the time. <laughs> and, and it wasn't sooning. <laughs> it's not sooning. Actually, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. Because if, uh, Jeremiah, you told me that one time when you were, when you were growing, I don't know how old you were. I don't know if you were like 18. 17 19 i don't know how old you were but you were older which made it more funny and you were at a public restroom and oh my god 
You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And you pulled your pants down uh, all the way to your ankles, your underwear and your pants, all the way to your ankles, and lifted your shirt up and put it, <coughs> it under your um, yeah. under yeah. your chin and peed in the urinal in front of people in the bathroom. And <laughs> just like some three-year-old toddler does because my both my boys have i mean that's how boys pee when they're when they're like two three years old at a urinal they pull their pants down as far as they can and they lift their shirt up and tuck it under their chin and for a a grown man to do that dude just for the laugh is like the funniest dude, thing in the world what makes it crazier it was at what, what is it, silver dome it was it was at a very <laughs> large convention a christian convention <laughs> At, oh, really? It was for youth. It was a youth convention for youth groups. So there's like tons of people, thousands, dude. And we'd driven like two and a half hours to get there. And the line, as in all these places, I mean, you have, you know, over 10,000 people displaced or whatever. I mean, you're, you're talking, uh, you know, long lines, everybody standing against the wall, waiting for a urinal to come open and stuff like that. And I just sit there and I told my buddy, I'm like, dude, watch this. And I just walk up because every urinal's taken. I mean, everybody. So I, oh I'm in the gosh. middle. I got guys on both sides of me. And I just walk right there and just went right to the floor, pull it up under my chin like this. And I'm going like this. And this dude next to me kind of looks over. And he's like, <laughs> what? Like that? <laughs> and I just act like it's normal, man. Like it's no thing. And uh, <laughs> my buddy was laughing so hard. He's like, dude, Jeremiah's I would have like, yeah, I'd have been just <laughs> i'd have been laughing so hard dude i would have been yeah here's my face yeah. hurting, my stomach <laughs> i don't even know why i did that i mean it was the most random thing in the universe there's no i don't know if i find reason. it i don't know if i find it so funny just because <laughs> I, I have three kids two of them boys and i i've seen that a million times you know yeah. being like that <laughs> <laughs> but, but dude, a 19 year old kid or whatever you know yeah, being like 19 years old, you know, part of the youth group, but like more as like a leader, in fact. And that was maybe even worse. Like, I'm like a youth leader. I'm like one of these guys that's like helping out with the youth leaders. So I'm I'm one of the, the people they kind of go to and stuff to wrangle up the kids and all that. And uh, and I'm sitting there just dropping my pants to the floor. Yeah. And dude, it was that was just it was drafty, too. It was, you know, it wasn't necessarily the warmest day in the universe, but it, dude, it was a good time. <laughs> Oh, James just dropped out. Yeah, and I, I probably lost his. He'll probably be back in a second. James, we thought you, I thought maybe <laughs> yeah. you bailed. You like these guys are way immature. This is what am I doing here? <laughs> oh, no, I'm no, out of here. No, uh, well, that's that's certainly true, but um, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I uh, I'm having Wi-Fi problems. It keeps dropping in and out. So I'll, anytime that happens, I'll just keep trying to get back in. Okay. Yeah. No it's problem. Getting, getting a little spotty. All right. Well. Uh, James, there's some of the stuff in your book, um, you know, the kind of rebellious uh, teenage, um, you know, vandalism and type just sneaking out or things like that. Did that, did you draw from like um, some, you know, just like universal stuff or, or like personal experience stuff that you did? And, and is there anything you want to share uh, along those lines? You know, I was, I was pretty boring I, I wasn't really rebellious when I was a kid, um, even when I was a teenager. It mm -hmm. it really didn't start for me, the rebellious streak, until I was out of the house or almost out of the house, uh, as far as, you know, living with my parents. Um, 
I went through a phase, you know, where I got into some drug use, you know, 18, 19 years old, nothing too heavy, but, uh, it, so I was, I was a pretty late bloomer as far as that rebellious streak. Um, you know, I've, I've done stupid things, but it was, it was less about like being vengeful, like the characters, you know, in the, in the novella Mm -hmm. and more about just stupid fun. Like I can remember one night, a buddy and I probably the drunkest I've ever been in my life. His dad made real, you know, real hillbilly moonshine. Uh And, um, you know, it's basically like drinking battery acid and, um, (laughs) just, I I'm surprised that I remember it. It, it may be the only time I ever went out and did the like property damage thing. I remember we got, we got drunk and we went out and we like spray painted, uh, some construction equipment that was parked on the, on the side of the road, um, down the mountain from where I was living. And, you know, just stupid stuff like that. You know, I don't really have any exciting stories about sooning or anything like that, but, uh, um, just silliness like that for no reason whatsoever, just to go out and, and do something and, and think we were, you know, these hotshot criminals doing something so badass and it was just stupid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I would I think I was talking to my wife <clears throat> recently or, or someone and I was, I'm, I'm just amazed at the amount of looking back at my childhood and looking back at today's, you're looking at today's youth and some of the stuff that, that they do and how there are certain areas where I feel so intolerant to what they do. Like if they, if they leave their car stereo running in a driveway for 10 minutes playing that, you know, I mean, when, when I was a kid, it was like, if, if we had, you know, like, kill them all ride lightning playing in the in the in the stereo now it's like this really really heavy heavy you know bass that rattles everybody's windows and the floor and and it can hurt your ears if you're sensitive to that and it's just you can feel it in your whole body and if somebody's just got their car running and they're inside talking to somebody for 10 or 15 minutes um i i find myself really intolerant to a lot of the youthful things today and it's weird and I would look, I would think back on some of the stupid stuff that I used to do and the level of, um, or the lack of, uh, self-awareness that young people have is just a, me in particular, you know, because of the, the amount of self-awareness that I have now is, is, uh, is, is crazy compared to how the lack of it that I had when I was, when I was young. And it's just so weird to think I totally that. Totally get that. Yeah, like like doing something like uh, I remember a friend and I, me and a friend used to go down the same uh, path on on uh, Northeast Capitol, which is a fairly busy street in Battle Creek. There was a church there that had these huge, really nice bushes, and we would every time we'd walk by it, we'd like yell "bush diving," and this was like when I was like seventeen. We'd yell like "bush diving," and we would like pretend we were stage diving off from something, and we'd dive into these bushes essentially destroying these things. And, you know, that kind of stuff, it doesn't occur to me stuff like someone's tending these, this is for decoration. The more we do this, the more like crap it's going to look. These things have been growing for who knows how many years and they look great. And here we are snapping all these, you know, things inside uh, all these little branches and stuff. We, we, 
kind of deserved to be impaled at one point. <laughs> <We didn't stop. laughs> Never yeah. did, but, uh, yeah. you know, we are, our resilient little bodies. We would just bounce right out of there. But, uh, um, yeah, just stuff like that. That it's like, man, I, I, what a, what a jerk that I would do, you know, even something simple like that. Just no self-awareness. Yeah, um, when you get older and you have to work for a living, you realize the value of things, you know, that yeah, yeah. like you said, someone someone has to um repair that or someone has mm-hmm. to clean up the damage and um it's yeah. not even it's not even really a value thing. I mean it is, you know, we work for a living now and we get it. If if it's property damage we're talking about, but it is more just respect for other people. Like mm-hmm. This doesn't just go away. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I, I'll sort of compare it to where like if if my you know 11 year old makes himself a sandwich and he just leaves a, a you know, a knife with mayo laying in the sink and breadcrumbs mm-hmm. on the counter. We're like, you know, we try to like do it in a positive way to where he's sort of empathetic instead of just fussing at him. We're like, who do you think has to clean that up? Yeah. You know, you just yeah. leave it behind and someone has to. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do it for mom and dad after they've worked all day? That's just, that's disrespectful. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't just clean itself up. Yeah. I yeah. immediately think of Tom Green's Slutmobile. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you oh know, my gosh. painting that's on a car with dad, right dude. I mean, that's like, that's a totally another level, you know, but to break yeah. people's stuff, you know, and, uh, and, and something that, I mean, the, the mom on those recordings calling and saying, Tom, you know, it's your mother. Uh, it's eight o'clock. You need to fix this. You need to change this now. Like, this is not cool. And this is not your property kind of thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And just and at the time, I mean, it was all for for giggles, you know, um, and money and a paycheck yeah, and money and a paycheck, you know, yeah. and. You know, it's funny because like with some people, like with like, you know, Bam Margera and stuff and others that mm-hmm. I can say, I, I can look and say, you know, maybe, maybe the parents benefited a little bit from that. And they seem to play along like Phil. He played along real well yeah. with the pranks mm-hmm. and they benefited from it too. Um, so like the mom with the cry, the alligator in the, in the kitchen. I mean, I don't know if she even was completely taken off guard by that. Um, yeah. You, you, you got to kind of wonder, but with Tom Green, with that specific one, I mean, that, I don't, I think he, I think it was a total lack of self-awareness as to like the extreme, just how extreme that was um, and how hurtful it was, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And, and to, to drive up when his dad is waiting at the bus stop and to drive up and say, dad, aren't you going to drive in your car? And there's like all those people and you can see their faces. They're like, whoa, this guy, you know, and yeah. like that's damaged beyond just simply personal property. That's like, you know, your, the respectability. I mean, he's going to, you got to think those people, if they didn't know the whole shtick and what was going on with Tom, then, you know, next time they see the dad, they're going to be like, he's the guy with that car. You know, like, yeah. you know, and so that, that affects that property, you know, right. You know, of your, of your, uh, yeah. We, and when you got a sensor, when you got a sensor, the art that's on the car from yeah. uh, TV, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. And that was, that was graph. That was hardcore. That was I never graphic. really, did things to people's property like i think i think i was raised with a pretty decent idea of of like this is your personal property kind of thing mm-hmm. i'm in private property you know my parents are really conservative and so like they that's like one of the primary family private property 
stuff like that. And so that was a really big thing for me growing up. I think the only time, and it was, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't a big deal, but it, we were in a car one time and I, we were on this long road trip and we were really hungry. And my buddy, Brian, he goes into the, the gas station and he, he bought a, I think it was a Butterfinger or something like a king size Butterfinger. And then he's like, man, I gotta, I gotta go back in. I forgot something. So he goes in, well, I take his Butterfinger and I'm sitting in the back. I reach over and I grab his Butterfinger and I, I like break it like in a bunch of different spots. Right. But try not to make it too crinkly, the wrapper. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the, he's in the passenger side and he's uh, maybe he was driving, but he's, he's in there and he's in the front seat. He's opening up and it's just literally crumbling apart. It's just falling yeah. out. And he's trying to get down a little further, a little further to get to the part where it's not do the yeah. entire thing. It's just totally good. <laughs> he's like, what's going on? And it was everywhere, all over his body. And he looks back at me and I'm just smiling in the back. And he's like, bro, I knew it. <laughs> he's like, it had to be you. So, but that, but that, I think that's the only thing with like people's property. I mean, I think I, I, we egged somebody one time, but we, you know, we knew them. And we didn't use a lot of eggs, you know, because I was actually kind of scared of the whole thing. You know, I was really nervous about it. And but I, I don't think I ever actually did much damage to anybody's property. I, know, I did more than I'm willing to admit on this podcast. <laughs> I, I did a lot yeah. Yeah. Uh, between the ages of 12 and um, probably 18. And um the first time I egged was funny because I went with my, we were staying in a tent in my backyard. I think I went with my cousin and we were, I was so scared that we were going to do this and so scared that, you know, so apparently we were going to get caught not being a tent, not being in the backyard. Um, that when we did egg, you know, and of course it's in the middle of the night, every little sound is like shotgun loud, you know? So when we did egg, I cracked the egg open and threw the yolk and everything onto the house and then ran. <laughs> it's so stupid. So funny. I had this weird thing about eggs, I think, because of something that happened to me when I was probably eight or nine. And I don't know if there's – I kind of feel like there's some weird psychological hang-up that I had about eggs, so I never – did that when I had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so say like eight or nine, like I said, um, it was on a Halloween night. So people were out pranking, of course, and not far from where I sit right now, there's a very uh, curvy road uh, basically to get from the area where I live to sort of the, the business district to town. And uh, I, I'm sure we had probably been out trick or treating or whatever. And we were, we were coming home, we were winding down that road and, it's a very thin, not only is it curvy, it's also a very thin road that has a drop off and there are houses down in there. And I'm surprised there's never been an accident. Like, you know, I mean, somebody crosses the yellow line one time, then somebody's probably going to die there and the car's going to go through the houses that are down, you know. But anyway, we're going around those curves coming home and um, someone threw something on the windshield and um you know it splattered all over and we found out later that it was something that had obviously been made with eggs um it was in a like a, a ziploc bag and when my mom turned on the windshield wipers it's almost like it had been designed to do this when she turned on the windshield wipers it made it worse yeah. and she's like you know on that road of all the places for that to happen and you know we were we were all terrified i mean my mom had to pull off the road and you know kind of you know compose herself because she was she was terrified Mm-hmm. So 
I, I, I've often wondered, like when I did have that opportunity, I think there's some subconscious thing where I've always remembered that with the eggs and pranking with eggs and it stuck with me. So I never did it because it yeah. was just a traumatic experience. You know? Yeah. You had the, you had the egg empathy. Yeah. We That's, did I think uh, the, the professional psychological scientific term for it. Chess. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, you looked it up. It's, not, it's scholarly articles. <laughs> yes. I mentioned the uh the the spray paint on the construction equipment. We we I just remembered an occasion where we did uh do like toilet paper and uh and uh shaving cream, which yeah, is yeah. just sort of stupid. Um just not far from where I sit, like the neighborhood right uh that behind me because I grew up in my parents' house behind where I live now. And um, a buddy and I went and, uh, you know, toilet papered a couple yards and put shaving cream on air conditioning units and windows and stuff. And here's the thing, though. I was a really stupid kid because I we returned to the scene of the crime the next morning to, like, admire our handiwork, I guess. <laughs> and we go back in broad daylight and we're, like, mm -hmm. walking by the property and looking and laughing. And I'll ju I just remember some guy on the other side of the street, some old man, he didn't really say it in a in a in a scary tone but it was he didn't have to because he obviously knew we did it he just sort of we hear him shout something and we look over and he's like nice work you know sarcastically <laughs> and we realize shit i guess it is obvious that we've returned to the scene of crime and we're laughing about something we did so we just like took off down the road so the one time that i really did something like that other than the the spray paint thing i mentioned it was just stupid because we decided to go back and admire it in broad daylight. Yeah. So I was, I was a dumb kid. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, when I was 12, I, um, my neighbors who I'd been hanging out with and gotten really close to for a couple of years before that, they had older brothers. Um, and we would play Dungeons and Dragons together and stuff. And then like in 82, I was, I was 12 and, and, um, uh, one of them um, started uh, drinking beer and his dad would buy the beer and he was like three years older than him. He was like 15. So we got our hands on um, uh, like a, like a essentially what was a, like a tall boy. And we all had one. And this was my first time ever drinking alcohol with the exception of like having relatives and stuff. Growing up in the seventies, taking a sip of your uncle's beer or something or, it wasn't a big deal. You know, you weren't going to like be an alcoholic and it was just something that, you know, kind of like when doctors used to smoke while they're seeing their patients and stuff like yep. that. It's just like, or, or kids, kids unbuckled and lying in the, in the back seat on the, where the window is there. Just stupid stuff like that, that, you know, we didn't have any kind of like, well, they could probably die or that's probably not very good. So, <laughs> but this was my first like real drinking experience. And right away, something clicked for me. As soon as I started feeling that buzz that it just felt like this is, I'm, I'm, I've been missing out on this for the last 12 years. This is, I've, I've died and I'm in heaven right now. And um, so from that point on for a while, that's all I really wanted to do was drink. And I, I couldn't always do it, but every time the opportunity rose, I, I took advantage of it. And so that summer, my my br uh, friend's br older brother would get, you know, a couple 40. He would get like three 40s, and we all would have our own 40. That's like, what, three and a half beers or whatever for a 12-year-old kid that, in, you know, skinny kid. I'm still skinny. 
Um, it's a lot of beer, enough beer to, to have a, a good time and not be puking or anything. And um, that summer we did so much uh, stupid stuff, you know, and then, and then, and then pot started getting involved. And then I just was pure rebellious at, at that, at that point. And uh, I had already, um, before that even happened, before I even started drinking, I already done some stuff like some vandalism just for the heck of it, because like, I didn't like a kid in, in, uh, in the neighborhood or something. And, and I, I did stuff like knocked when they weren't, and this is everything I ever did was in broad daylight. Every stupid thing I did was in broad daylight. We lived in out in the country in like this, uh, mid to upper class, um, neighborhood. And, um, I, I, I remember I went and I did stuff like I broke all of their clothespins that were stuck on their clothesline. And then I knocked over their strategically placed wood pile. And then I took the, the, the poodle poop that they had throughout the yard and I smeared it on their windows and I God. emptied all over their bird feeders. <clears throat> Just really asshole stuff. And then I did this and then I, and then I started feeling, I think this is like the first time I really did anything kind of hardcore. And then I went and I, I started feeling this guilt I'd never felt before. And just the idea that my parents didn't know and they just thought I was this good kid, it kind of killed me. And so it, it, it stirred up within me so, so much that I finally was like, mom, I have to tell you something. I, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. It was like having this deep, dark secret. I couldn't tell anybody. So I told her what I'd done and she's like, okay. Well, <laughs> she grabbed a Tupperware bowl and filled it with bird feeder or bird, bird seed. She's just like, we're going to go over there and we're going to tell them what you did. We're going to replace their bird seed. And so we did. I went over there. I told them, I gave them, the, I gave them this bird seed, which is kind of a weird, it's like, I know I trashed your house. Here's some bird seed, you know, yeah. are we good? Yeah. And then my mom took me out to McDonald's and yeah. almost like this reward or something. And then. So when I, I, I broke into a house with these friends, and this was before I started drinking too, and I did it. It was like this peer pressure thing. As I said, we lived in like mid to upper class, but there was this one house that was not like that. And it was, we called it the hippie house. And it was just these kind of like white trash dudes with long hair that kept to themselves. Everybody had long hair, beards and stuff, and they just looked like hippies. And every once in a while in the summer, they'd have these big parties where all these dudes would just show up on motorcycles and they'd have the big bonfire in the back and everything. And their house, their, their house was also the only house on the whole out there that looked kind of run down and needed a paint job and just wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't up to par to what everybody else's house was. And when they weren't home, we had heard a story where a friend of ours had broken into there and because they leave their doors unlocked. So a friend of ours <clears throat> had broken into there and the dude was sleeping on a couch and our friend was like, he's creeping through the house and he sees him. And that dude's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. dude, dude bolted. And then, so my friend and his older brother, we snuck around like in these weeds There's where I live. There's lots of cornfields and, and just acreage of weeds. And then, like a small forest and then more weeds and then a cornfield and stuff. So there was a lot of 
you know, cool, stealthy places to build forts and whatnot. And we snuck around through these weeds into their backyard, which was also weeds. They didn't take care of their yard at all. They just, except for where they would kind of, you know, sit in their chairs and drink their beer and listen to their Uriah Heap and Black Sabbath and whatever else that they listen to and, but, you know, sit around and smoke their joints. And uh, we snuck back through there in broad daylight and the the uh, the older guy, my friend's older brother, <clears throat> went in the house and he came back and kind of reported to us. He's like, I just went in there. No one's home. Let's go. And I was like, I'm not I'm not going in there. So he took my friend with him and they went in there and they came out with this big bottle of what looked like water. And so my friend told um, or my, my friend's older brother told him, he's like, drink this. It's uh, it's alcohol. Let's get drunk. And so my friend, who was like, I think he was nine or 10 at the time, he took a swig from it and kind of stopped breathing and started choking and stuff. We didn't know what moonshine was. I don't know what it was, but um, both the, the, my friend's older brother claimed it was rubbing alcohol that he just had him drink. I'm assuming it was probably moonshine. It didn't have a label and it was in a large like glass kind of gallon looking thing. But um, that's so, really dangerous, dude. A big, big bucket full of liquid. <laughs> like, what dude, the heck? Those, those brothers were, they were just wild. Wow. It's amazing that they lived through <clears throat> everything they did. So finally, we went into the house all together. I went in there. My heart had never pumped that. I was shaking. And we were, I, I, as soon as I stepped foot in the house, I just wanted to leave. Yeah. And they're like, let's go look over here and let's look over here. And it's like, wow, we're actually in the hippie house. And the hippies were also, because they were so kind of um, like the real ominous, you know, nobody knew them in the whole neighborhood or anything. And they were just like these, these dudes that, you know, like I said, kept to themselves. And, but their, their lifestyle was very different than, than the rest of the, of, of the neighborhood. So it was just like, it was like, wow, these guys are, you know, I can't believe we're in the hippie house where the hippies smoke their pot and they do their, whatever it is they do in here. They're having their sex with their biker girls and stuff. And so we, uh, they had a giant, like a really giant poster on their wall of a girl, um, a naked girl, but it was very, um, it was almost like a, a low budget. It was like somebody took a picture of their girlfriend's and, and then, all sprawled out and then blew it way up because it wasn't like it was it was not very tasteful at all it was huge but we ended up taking a um somebody reached under the couch and pulled out a tray and there's their little pipe and there's their weed and their you know um we end up taking a, a cassette tape and a, a dirty magazine and then this pipe made out of a deer antler and I told my mom, we never got caught. And I told my mom about that. And it was probably around the same time I did the, did the thing. But long story short, I ended up because of this summer, I ended up on probation by the time I was 12 and uh, in drug and alcohol rehab by the time I was 16. But I have not, and, and it makes me sound like a, like this horrible criminal and everything because of uh, all the stuff that I though. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. And I, I I'm proud to say that I haven't I haven't even so much as yeah. smoked a joint since I was 18 or 19. And and I don't drink. I haven't drank in uh, 10 years. 
and I, I drink for a little while. And even before that, I had stopped for another 10 years. So yeah, that's like, it, it's weird even thinking about that old Chad in the, in the weird clueless stuff that I did. So James, when I read your book, I really resonated with um, not only going out to do this uh, stuff these girls are doing, you know, kind of normal, almost harmless kind of stuff, but then taking it to the next level uh, and, and feeling that kind of like uh, that sense of urgency and sense of wanting to do this, but also wanting to get the hell out of there and, and, and leave. So it reminded me of a lot of the stupid stuff that I thank God I didn't have to go through anything that those poor girls uh, went through in your book, Ride or Die. Though. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could, I could, I could go on, man, but I don't want anyone to hate me. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really get, it doesn't yeah. get worse than that. It's just, there's a lot of that kind of stupid stuff, you know? And that stuff yeah. can get out of control, guys, right? I mean, yeah. like, the closest thing I got in, in where it was actually damaged to property and stuff, I didn't, I wasn't engaged in this. But I knew people who were, and they wanted me to be, and I, but I kind of intuitively knew this is going to go bad. Like, this mm-hmm. is a, this is not good. You know, we, we were pranksters and stuff in college, and like, we are, the RAs that we had, we went to a, a, I went to a small Christian Bible college and uh for pastoral ministry and so like some of the worst human beings go there it's just true you know like i mean like some of those people man the kind of pranks and the kind of wickedness that goes on at these colleges is sometimes pretty bad but um you know but with us it was a lot of just ridiculous pranks you know they they would sneak in our room at night dressed as batman and robin and scare us or they'd put a you know uh uh a pop machine in front of our door when, cause we used to have to check in and in in, at school, you had a, a time card and stuff. And so it, it ours is really strict. And they had, you know, we we're like racing in the morning to get ready and we get to the door and open it up. And there's a huge, very, very heavy uh, pop machine there with another one behind. There was no way we get out, get out. It was a, definitely dangerous. Um, but we decided silly things to get back at them. Like, you know, going to Taco Bell and eating as much as we possibly could until it literally hurt. And then key carding their room and going in and taking turns. We had three of us, you know, pooping in their toilet and not flushing it. So there was three people with a ridiculous amount of crap. Who came um, up with that? <laughs> my buddy. The same one. I think probably my cousin. Probably the same one. Um, you know, but like in, in by the time I was the third one, of course, I mean, everything's like heaped up, you know, like Mount Everest over the water. I mean, it was just putrid. It was terrible. I was puking in the back of my throat. But and it was hilarious because you could see the, through the little peak hole because the RAs have to keep the door open uh, so that if anybody wants to come talk to them, they have access to the room. And so we're like across the hall peeking out and they're like, you can tell that they were smelling it and that it was really offensive, the smell and stuff and really off putting. And eventually one of them went to the bathroom and opened the door and just paused and just sat there and looked. And then you could you could almost tell what they were saying, like looking at the other one saying, did you do this? And the person going what and you can see his face like me and then he like walks over and they both look in there at the same time and their heads at the same time go like this and right at us dude like right at our room and i'm like oh no and so they, they knew it was us but my cut co- my well we, <laughs> it's my cousin all right he was involved in this it's, it's <laughs> long enough, but he, he left and i'm ratting him out he's done he's toast so so okay so they decided because there were these pranksters on another floor and we kind of were rivals with pranks and stuff and um, it got pretty vindictive. It got pretty bad. And at the end of the year, they decided that while while everyone was in school, because at the school, you had to have your room really clean before you left. So they had to come in, inspect it, 
make sure it was good. And then you could go and you're leaving. Right. So this room, there's like three guys per room. One of them was from Hawaii. Uh, so he had to get on a plane and stuff. Well, they're in school and my, my cousin and some other guys had saved up enough time on the card that they didn't have to be there. So they decided they were going to go and they were going to go down to another city is like, you know, a half an hour away or whatever and buy a bunch of chickens, like actual chickens, live chickens. And they bought tons of chicken feed and Vaseline and flour and other stuff. And they went into this guy's room. They carted his room. They get in there. They cover every window with Vaseline and then put flour on the Vaseline. They cover all the desk, the counters with Vaseline and, and flour, the mirror, um, the Vaseline inside of the, the tub. So the whole tub is completely slippery and everything. They take sardines and put it in the, the coffee maker, right? Oh. So it's like mixed in with the coffee ground. So you wouldn't even know. You just make coffee and the next day you drink it and it tastes like sardines. Um, and then they put these chickens into the room and they completely covered the room, the beds, everything with chicken feed. So these chickens, man, are like eating like crazy. There's food everywhere. So they're just eating like crazy and just taking craps left and right. I mean, the whole room reeks. So by the time I'm out of school, I go in. It's, you know, last day for me. I'm all happy. It's done. And I go up to this floor and I, and I had like I, I knew they were going to do that. But kind of the rest of the day, you know, you're going about your day and you kind of don't think about it. And I, I get up to the fifth floor or whatever. And I smell it smells terrible, dude, the whole floor. And I'm like, man, I'm like, what's that smell, dude? And I see this, the, the dean of men, dean of students, he goes walking by and he has this big honking bloody machete in his hand. And I'm like, what is that about? Well, the next day, because it wasn't the last day. There was one more. There was one more day. Apparently, they called everybody back. And they said, we have to have a student, a student meeting. All the students had to go. My, my cousin and his buddies, dude, they're already out. They don't have to even be back. So they're like in the car halfway across the country back home laughing it up. Well, apparently that dude from Hawaii, man, he got to his room and heard, you know, you know, all these noises and stuff. And he walks in and there's chicken crap everywhere left and right. And there's Vaseline everywhere. And he has to have that clean before he's able to leave, he's thinking that they're not going to make it. There's no way. I mean, that's just, you, you can't, that's not right. But he's thinking I can't even leave until. So he's furious. He decides to take his machete and, and he thinks that it's another person. He thinks that a, a, another rival guy, prankster dude did it. So he goes to that guy's room, <clears throat> key, key cards, that guy's room, chops the chicken's head off, like literally poof, just chops it off puts the head with the beak open and stuff on the counter of the bathroom and takes the body and shoves it in the toilet. He's furious. I mean, this guy's like out of his mind, mad. Well, they go in and they're, they think it's witchcraft. So the Dean of men, they're thinking there's like, you know, voodoo type crap going on. Like they think that this is some kind of ritualistic thing. They're it not. Sure looks like it. Well, cause it looks like exactly, man. So they're like, they're like, you know, there's witchcraft going on and we need to find out people are praying real hardcore about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, dude, this is bad. And so I think one of the guys ended up getting in trouble, kicked out of school. Like, I think they told him he's not welcome back because they found out one of them. Um, I can't imagine why. Yeah, yeah you're not <laughs> welcome back here, dude. You're gone. You know, but the, the, the guy who cut the chicken's head off, you know, he, he was allowed. They said, well, he just overreacted. I'm like, well, but I guess. What do you have a machete for? Like, what? we're in Dallas. What is he carrying this machete for? You know, but but the uh, 
that's the closest thing. But I knew I, it was, it was that, that thing inside of me, right? That Jiminy Cricket that said, I don't think that's a good idea, buddy. And so I dodged that bullet, dude. And, but I know what you mean about feeling the guilt and, and telling the truth, you know, and saying, I, as you know, and especially with my mom, like I, for some reason, like not so much my dad, as much as my mom, like, cause I felt like I'd let her down, you know, even though she didn't know, I felt like if she knew that she would be yeah. really hurt because, and, and she was, it was the kind of thing that, that stings worse than the wooden paddle I talked about earlier. Yeah. The it, disappointment. She, the disappoint, dude, that's the exact word. She says, I'm, I, I'm disappointed in you. You betrayed my trust. I think better of you. You, you are a better person than this. And you really, you didn't just let me down. You let yourself down. And, Ooh, and all others, that hurts hard, dude. I'm like, yep. spank me right now. Like that's, I'd yeah. rather get the spoon. Okay. Come on. Like that's I'll I'd rather have that because then it's like, she's like, look, I, I'll always love you. I love you with all my heart, but you have to earn my trust again. And so when that, when that, spoon came out in you know the development of my life and stuff when that when that started happening i that that tug of conviction um and conscience you know my, my conscience really bearing on me i felt like that really ramped up and it, it helped me i mean i've done so much stupid stuff stuff i regret stuff that's embarrassing you know but um but i i avoided a lot of things in part because not just because i kind of knew it was bad but because and, and that I was legitimately afraid, I didn't want to go to jail. I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't want any of that crap, but also because the family dynamic, you know, and and friends and saying, I don't want to let people down. I know that in that moment that if they saw me and they knew what I was doing, they'd be really hurt. And that would hurt worse than a paddle. So, yep, totally get I that. I think James is, is hiding all the real dark stuff like that right there. And he just doesn't want to, <laughs> he just wouldn't, uh, doesn't want to show his cards. Yeah. Just, just, I was just boring, man. I was a, <laughs> I was a pretty good kid. I, uh, you know, I, I racked my brain, you know, when you, when you told me what the topic of the show would be, I'm, oh, that's awesome. And then as it's gotten closer, I'm going to be like, oh my God, these guys are going to be so disappointed. Hey, disappointed. <laughs> And because, because I really don't have anything. I mean, the, the stuff that I did was not vandalism, not even really rebellion. Just, uh, usually, you know, if I did something, it was because my parents told me not to do it. Mm. So I, so I did it and, and it was just to see what would happen. Like I remember one time, um, I was very young, like maybe nine. And, um, my parents had just gotten an underground, like, uh, you know, fuel tank for heating. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they told my sister and I, well, obviously, you know, the reason, but, but they thought it was wise to tell us at that age, don't ever put anything down in there, no matter what you do. So the very first thing we do when we get outside <laughs> is we plop down on the ground and we open up the cap and we're just like through our hands, we're just putting sand down in there, which is probably <laughs> one of the worst things we could possibly have done. And uh, I don't really know why we just, well, what will happen? Why, why are they telling us stressing to not do this so much, but that's what made us do it. Yeah. And I can, I can still remember very vividly 
sifting and then like looking over my shoulder and seeing my mom looking out the window Ooh. and suddenly you can imagine just the sand stopped sifting through my mm-hmm. fingers and needless to say i don't know that it was a spoon but we got the equivalent <laughs> yeah because i mean yeah. that that yeah. would have been you know probably th- at, at that time thousands of dollars depending on you know what what it did um so my stories are, are just stuff like that just stupid little things you know um i can remember i was it's not an exciting story but i was always crazy about girls like i never went through that phase of oh girls are yucky they'll, they'll give you cooties yeah um i can remember a very similar um incident where um i was in second grade the first girlfriend i ever had um she was going to be my assistant in the talent show i was a magician thought i was going to be a famous magician one day i remember she came over to the house and we were supposed to be like practicing our routine and we were actually like now this was second grade we were actually like sitting up in my treehouse kissing and i remember like (laughs) in my mind almost like a movie it's almost like they had used uh the same footage over again because i remember looking over my shoulder and seeing my mom looking out the window and i didn't i didn't get in trouble for that but Mm -hmm. in a way that was my form of being rebellious and doing something i wasn't really supposed to be doing we were just kissing you know it's a pretty awesome way in second grade to be getting in trouble though i mean that's you know right Right. I wear that on my sleeve, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was I, always I know what you sort of, mean by that though. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my stories are sort of boring, stuff like that. You know, I, I never went out and I, I was like I was a good kid. Like I said, I was probably like eighteen or nineteen before I really started experimenting with drugs and and doing really re- truly rebellious stuff. Mm-hmm. Stories about kissing girls is rarely ever boring, man. It's right? good. You're fine, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I I kissed a girl was in a middle of summer in a doghouse um, with some girl, and it was it was uh, we were both just I was full of sweat just because we were in this doghouse, and and it was kind of one of those things you know when you have like a dog or a cat on your lap or or your chest, and you're super uncomfortable, but you just don't want to move because you know they're comfortable and. They're just in the right position. And that's kind of how this was. We're in this cramped doghouse, but there's no freaking way I'm moving because we're, we're, I think we're going to kiss. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like in first grade or something. And yeah, in that sweaty doghouse. Did I tell you, man, kind of playing off of what you guys are saying. First time I ever kissed a girl, man, is behind this uh, lucky pot of gold kind of, you know, big old cauldron style thing in the backyard where people put flowers and stuff in it, you know. And uh, and so I'm back there and her name was Ryan. You know, I think it was R-I-A-N. And uh, and she was like the hottest chick, man, in first grade. And so I was I felt like a real mag daddy. You know, I, I was big pimp and I felt great. And I was at her birthday party and she's like, yeah, you want to kiss me? Let's go back here. And so we kissed. But I had this rival, dude, this arch nemesis that was his name was Gabriel. And Gabriel was the kid that was always Gabriel was the kid who got all your He-Man toys, right? It's the same freaking guy, dude. Yeah. Yes. The same <laughs> yeah. guy that got all my He-Man toys. <laughs> so Gabriel has come up before. People are like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Gabriel. 
So Gabriel, I'm already like not cool with this guy. Like he's one of those guys that your parents are like, oh, well, do you want to talk to Gabriel and go hang out? And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to call him. We're talk to his mom. We're coming around. I don't know. And so Gabriel was also cool. So not only did he have money, not only did he have more you know, Hot Wheel and He-Man toys than anybody else in the universe, but he also was like attractive. Like he was thin. I think he was Italian, kind of darker skin and stuff. Nice hair, cool clothes, you know, and I'm wearing like corduroys, those really thick, unattractive ones that are like cuffed at the bottom real big. And, and so, don't forget you know, his name was Gabriel. His name is Gabriel. On I mean, come on. Yeah, nobody called him Gabe. You know, he was just Gabriel. And so I was, you know, I'm like, Jeremiah is such a strong name too, but I'm like, Gabriel just takes the cake, man. So I'm like, come on. So Gabriel is hitting on Ryan, right? And I, I'm thinking that I'm seeing, and I'm like, you know, I need to get, I, I need to run interference. I got to do this, you know? And so to keep this lady my own. So I go and I, I walk up, man, and he's kind of sitting next to, he's standing next to her desk and she's sitting down at her desk. And they're talking and giggling it up, and she's all batting her eyes at him, and he's looking all kind of like he's trying to be cool and stuff. So I go up, and I just walk right in between them, and I sit right on the desk, man, just right on the edge of her desk. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And I just get myself right in there. And uh, and it was doing great until my stomach was like, and it was doing that terrible growling, grumbling noise. And, and I'm sitting there, and everything inside of me knew, you know, I really shouldn't be here. I need to maybe consider the possibility that I need to run to the bathroom like stat. But I, I thought if I do that, that's going to leave it wide open. The vacuum of my leaving is going to leave open him coming in and swooping in and taking the lady. So I said, if I have to pick, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze as tight as I can. And I did, I pinched my cheeks as tight as I possibly could, man. I'm sitting there trying to act normal, trying to have a regular conversation, but you can kind of hear it coming out a little bit, you know, kind of like this <laughs> and you're it's kind of grunting a little bit and and then my eyes start watering and i'm like why am i why is it happening my my mouth is all like this i totally crap my pants it just i mean just like bad and it just came up over my belt onto the desk right in front of where she's sitting and she's like oh my gosh and she's totally <laughs> freaking out and gabriel's like oh this and he's like, he pooped. And everybody's like, Jeremiah pooped. And everybody's running. And I'm sitting there on the desk. <laughs> and I'm totally crying my brains out. I'm like, stop it. And everybody's booking. And it's a big puddle of junk, dude, just right there on the, the thing. Mrs. Snodgrass, that was her actual name. Um, Miss With a D, in fairness to her. Um, Miss Snodgrass. She, uh, you know, she picked me up and she's talking to me and I'm like, tell him to stop. You know, she's like, well, you didn't pump. She's like, do you have any underwear and stuff? And I'm like, no. And so they had to call my parents. <laughs> my parents had to come in and like, my dad's like, why were you, why were you doing that? I'm like, because Gabriel, and he's like, you know, you got to really get over this. <laughs> like, you, you, it will never matter. Like, you, 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 you know, pushed, you pushed Ryan right into Gabriel's arms, man. Forever, dude. It was over. Yeah, it's that's done. terrible. I, it's terrible. <laughs> Thank you guys. I was saying this for moral support, and you guys are like, "Oh yeah, it's bad." You, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's true, man. And I, I was saying I was crying. I was really embarrassed to come back. Nobody, I was, you know, nobody wanted to play with me for a while. But I mean, it was gross. You know, I mean, there's just you know crap everywhere on her desk, and it wasn't a little bit. It was like a lot, and it was just terrible. And so it was extremely <laughs> offensive. And but you know, 
Oh I don't know. Gosh, I learned dude. I learned some Talk lessons though. Traumatizing. <laughs> I bet she still tells the story. I wonder. I've wondered, man, if Gabriel, you know, is what he's doing nowadays. I don't even know remember his last name, but I always wonder, you know. All of your stories tonight have to do with your pants. Crapping your pants, taking your pants off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you Freud would have a heyday with me. <laughs> Freud would have been like, dude, you you've got all sorts of problems here, buddy. You know, talking about mommy talking about skins talking about sun and moon dropping the drawers in front of people you know pooping you know trying to retain in the anus <laughs> like trying to you know you'd be like you are literally you know textbook okay. freudian nonsense oh it's terrible right, well, I, well, yeah um i don't want to keep james man i mean i do but i i'm, I'm not going to because oh. i know he wants to to go hang out with his wife and yeah, watch some Netflix and whatnot. So and not poop in front of her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had a little, I had a little interesting tidbit. I thought I would uh, share. Please do. Um, just that you may appreciate as a writer, but um, there's sort of a tie into my writing life with that first girl I kissed in a way. Yeah. Um, she. Actually, like I said, this was in second grade years later in, would this have been 10th grade? Maybe she didn't go to my school, but her mom was the typing teacher at my school and no one liked her. She was that mean teacher that, you know, was mm -hmm. just terrifying. And, and yeah. I really get that she was, but she sort of remembered me and, um, even if she hadn't, like I liked her because that was one of those, uh, the few things that you learn in school that it's, I'm obviously I'm a writer. So, you know, typing class was just uh, a great of great value to me. Oh. Um, I mean, I still type like a hundred words a minute. Yeah. So it's weird how the, the first kiss sort of in a way there's like that tie in with my writing life. Cause her mom was my typing teacher, but mm -hmm. anyway, just yeah. sort of a, weird little tidbit of trivia there yeah and i'll tell you what if there's anything i i walked away from high school being appreciative that i learned it's typing it's, yeah I don't, I don't type 100 words a minute but i i type about 90 90 plus and yeah. um it, it's it's helped me with a, a career in um um as a medical language specialist too doing doctor reports for the last 11 years which I, I stopped doing last year but nice yeah that's one thing in in school that i'm i never would have thought that i would actually use you know yeah in, in my adulthood and really benefit from but yeah i knew i wanted to be a writer so that uh, you know it was i don't know that it, I, I guess it was an elective but i i took it thinking that it would be helpful and i already yeah. sort of had a leg up because ever since i was like you know, old enough to hold a pencil. I was writing stories and my mom had an old typewriter. So I already sort of, you know, knew where the keys were. So mm. I, I had an advantage going in, but, um, I think that's the only reason I really took it is because I thought this could be helpful. You know, I want to be a writer. And to this day, I mean, now I do too, my day job, I, uh, it, it, I use it. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think I, I took it as elective as well. And, and one of the coolest things, as soon as I walked in the room, there were, I was the only dude in the in, in a yeah, classroom yeah. full of like 30 people and then another dude came in and and um but it was just him and i and, and just a yeah. bunch of chicks which never went anywhere but you know at least i didn't poop on their desk 
right. right. Was his name that. Gabriel? Was his name Gabriel? <laughs> no, his name like, was his name was Todd. 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 Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Good guy. Well, but, it's been a good yeah. time, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah, good laughing. So, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um, I, I wish I had, I out. wish I'd had better stories, but I mean, no matter what I could have come up with, how would I have competed with the poop story? And yeah, no, Gabriel's, <laughs> I, I don't think, it, yeah, <laughs> Gabriel's ascending back to heaven with the, with the woman of his dreams because yes, of uh, Ryan Jeremiah's oh. unfortunate incident. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah single-handedly gave Gabriel his wings. Oh man, what what if they ended up getting married later in life and they said, you know, you know, there was a while weren't you weren't you really into that one guy that booped his pants? <laughs> like, oh Jeremiah, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, and that's how we strangely we got together. A guy crapped his pants on my desk, and or, next or, thing you know, or, I've like I've loved him since first grade, and then we got married, and now we have twenty kids, and. Yeah. Or worse yet, but I thought it was going to be that guy until he did what he did. Yeah, yeah. It's, or, it's or a mystery yet. of destiny, dude. Is what it is. It's a mystery of destiny. You know the way it time plays its hand. You know, and through space and everything. And sometimes it's you know, sometimes it's through the the crapper that you know big great things come. And so yep. that might be the case for Gabriel and Ryan. The world will never know. They have know? they have so many in, inside <laughs> jokes with you, man. When when one of their kids crapped their pants, they're like, "Did he just Jeremiah?" Yes. Will you clean it up? <laughs> you have become a verb. Oh man, dude, you guys. Oh. All right, James. I know you don't have a, a website that you're that you're actively, you know, updating. But if people want to get a hold of you and find out more about you or stalk you, how can they best do that? Yeah, so uh, the website was last updated, I think, in like 2016 or 17. So uh, no need to promote that. Um, I always just say, you know, I am um, way too active on Twitter and Facebook um, when I should be writing. Mm -hmm. So hit me up on, on, on those and I will always get back to you within usually a matter of minutes. I love interacting with readers on Facebook and Twitter. Great. That's and that's yeah, that's how I, I'm. I can uh, testify to that because that's how we met you when I reached out to you. But all your stuff is on Amazon. And then go yep. get it. Specifically, his brand new novella, Ride or Die, the the coming of age thing that we spoke a little bit about tonight and hopefully um, got some people intrigued about going to buy that. I, I read it. It's great. And I, I think you should go get it too. I think anybody Thanks, who likes um, coming of age, I think, should... Uh, it gets it gets tense, man. It's pretty cool. Appreciate yeah. it. So, until next time, yeah. I guess if you want to get a hold of us, you can. We've got a Gmail account, Paleo Cheese with a Z, with a Z. It's all one word: P A L E O C H E E Z E. We got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that YouTube channel. Yeah, and a, you, oh, yeah. yeah, and you might be the, watching all the, the podcast platforms. Yeah. yeah, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe, share, like, comment, all that jazz. We love Please it. Do. Yeah. And that'll be it. All right. Hopefully I'll good boys. This one good. It was good. What evil lurks in the heart of Don Mondo? Only Chucky the Buddha, the enforcer of the Mondo Mafia, knows. Join them each week on the Mondo Method podcast as Chuck tries to get Don Mondo to reveal what is best in life and where he hid the bodies. Oh, they also talk about writing. 
and being professional authors. The Mondo Method Podcast with Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda. Weekly, wherever you find your podcasts.